The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us, and do not subject us to the final test. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived at my house from a journey, and I have nothing to offer him. And he says in reply from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children and I are already in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, if he does not get up to give the visitor the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up to give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. And I tell you, ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Then the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you would hand his son a snake when he asked for a fish, or hand him a scorpion when he asked for an egg? If you then, who are wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord. This weekend, our uh, readings are all about prayer, right? It's pretty easy to see that. And this gospel uh, this weekend is, might I suggest you take it and read it each day this week and begin to pray with it because it is just packed full with so much information about how to pray. Uh, And I obviously can't go through all of that because there would be an uprising uh, because that could be an hour at least. Uh, and so I'll do that at another time, not at Mass. But today I just want to talk about a couple of um, ways of thinking behind prayer so that we can enter into it. Because there are a lot of misconceptions about what prayer is and how to do it. And I, the two things that come to my mind uh, is, first of all, our image of God. What is our image of God? And it, it's always in need of purification uh, so that we can enter into prayer better. And then what kind of worldview do we have? Uh, Those two things, I think, are pretty prevalent in uh, some of the common things that I hear as a priest when people come to me about prayer. So the first one, the image of God, right? So when I was uh, in high school, I had a curfew, like uh, anybody did, and it was at midnight when I was a, a senior, and I had a couple of friends who could stay out later than that, And so every week I was asking my dad to let me, you know, stay out with them. And every week he said no. Uh, He said, nothing good ever happens after midnight. Uh, I see you guys know that too. Uh, And so it it, it was only years later that I actually learned in the negative way that that is true. Nothing good ever happens after midnight. Uh, But at the time I didn't understand why he kept saying no. 
like these were my friends, I wanted to hang out with them a little longer, and he just would say no every time. There was also another, uh, later on, that I began to learn that and understand that my father said no because he loved me, because he wanted the best for me. Um, and I think sometimes it's a little bit of a, an image of how God uh, interacts with us. He doesn't always say yes to everything we ask for in prayer because he's, and this is the image of God sometimes that we can get, he's not like the vending machine. We throw in a couple of prayers and get out what we want, right? I mean, sometimes, I, I know I did in my life, that's kind of how I treated him. I was like God was kind of an instrument to make happen my will uh, in my life. And thankfully, he didn't answer most of those, right? Because that's always dangerous. I mean, just think of it with a, a child, right? If you say yes to everything a child wants, they don't always know what's best for them. Uh, but if you say yes all of the time, we call that child spoiled, right? Uh, and it's, it's an interesting word when you think of it, spoiled milk, spoiled child. Uh, like that's what happens because we're not leading and guiding them out of love. We just don't want to mess with it. And so that is kind of how we have to have this image of God as a loving father, not just this instrument that I can use when I need him. Uh, he wants to have a relationship with us. Now, don't feel bad if you've ever thought this or said this, because that's all of us, right? From the very beginning, uh, when Adam and Eve in the garden, before they even committed the sin, they committed it in their heart. They allowed trust in their loving father to die in their heart before. Because what was the temptation? God doesn't love you. He doesn't want to give you what's best. And they fell into it. And so we always think that. That is our default position to think, well, God isn't listening to me. He doesn't love me. He doesn't answer my prayers. And we get discouraged and we run from prayer. We should do the opposite. God is not, does, there's not a prayer that we utter that he does not hear. Now, he doesn't always answer them in the way that we would like or we ask. I mean, has anybody ever done this? I do this. Uh, I have done this often. I was like, Lord, I've got this five-point plan to solve this problem in my family. And, uh, you know, so if you just do it, it'll be taken care of. Like, I got it all worked out for you. And uh, he's like, well, Ryan. Uh, I know a lot more than you do. As a matter of fact, I have the whole world in my view, everything that will ever be chosen because I'm in eternity. And I can move and guide things so that the 7 billion people alive today can have that chance to spend eternity with me. And so your little piece of the puzzle, that may not be what's best. I have the view. Now that's difficult for us and that allow, and it requires us to allow our hearts to be purified of the image of God. Because so many times it's just been skewed by our own sin, by the sins of others in our life. And so in prayer, ask the Lord to purify your heart, to purify your image of who he is as a loving father, because that's going to deepen trust, which is a key to entering into prayer. And sometimes God doesn't uh, answer our prayers. Sometimes he says, not yet, right? And St. Augustine gives us this great understanding of why God says sometimes, not yet. And that's because he wants our hearts to expand, to receive a gift that w maybe we don't even know we should ask for, right? A greater gift than we're even asking for. And so he asks us to persist in prayer as that 
little parable that Jesus gives there about persistence, uh, as he talks about that, that's what God wants us to do, to persist so that our hearts are stretched beyond, because we don't even know the good things God wants to give us. And he wants us to enter into prayer in trusting the loving Father to give us what we need, right? So that, that, that kind of image of, of God is, needs to be purified in our life. And I think, second, the worldview that we have is very important of how we will enter into prayer. Uh, because we all have that time where the Lord's not answering. I don't understand. What's going on? Why is this evil or this suffering entered into my life? Uh, there's this quote that's always going around uh, for who knows how long, but it says, life is short, so live it to the full, right? Have you ever heard that one? And, and usually that coincides with do whatever you want, right? So, because uh, life is short. Well, I say that we should change that around to say eternity is long, so prepare for it. That's what we should live by. Eternity is long. This life is not a, what it's all about. This life is not it. There are many joys and graces that we encounter in this life, but there are also many sufferings and difficulties that we encounter because of sin entering the world. And so to have the worldview that this isn't it, that I live for heaven, can change how we pray. It will change what we ask for. We won't be discouraged anymore by uh, God not answering our prayer immediately the way we want it, because we know that he has our eternal salvation in mind. The greatest prayer you could pray is, Lord, give me what I need for salvation. What is necessary for my salvation? That's what I want. I want to be holy. Because that's what opens up our heart, that grows that trust in a, in a loving Father. Because we can know in that regard that if God has permitted this difficulty or suffering in my life, then if I trust him, he's going to use it to make me holy. That's powerful. He's going to use it to make me an instrument of his holiness and his love to the world. That, I mean, you see this happen in the saints. As they move through the spiritual journey, uh, they become these people who actually ask God to suffer for others. I mean, it seems crazy to me, because obviously I'm not there, right? I don't, I don't like suffering. I, I get a headache, and I'm down to the count. You know, I'm terrible at it. But we can see that what happens as we are purified, as we grow in holiness, as our prayer deepens, that the Lord begins to give us that desire to suffer for the sake of others' salvation. That's down the road. But for us to know that there's nothing that enters into our life that the Lord is not going to help us with, that the Lord is not going to use to make us holy, to purify our hearts. That's what prayer is all about, because Jesus gives us that clue at the end of the gospel, right? He says, well, I love the little, the little trick, right? If then you who are wicked, I mean, could you imagine listening to Jesus preach that to you? If you who are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more the loving Father in heaven, if you ask him, will give you what? God's greatest gift, the Holy Spirit. That we can pray for at all times, to ask the Lord to give us the Holy Spirit, which expands our hearts, which purifies our image of God, which helps us to enter deeply into prayer, to begin to walk with the Lord. Prayer has completely changed my life. Uh, it is this conversation that I have each day running throughout the day with God. That's what prayer is. 
It's friend talking to friend, heart speaking to heart. That's what prayer is all about. And it deepens over time. Never run away from prayer. Those, when you get those doubts and those worries and those uh, lies that pop into our head that God doesn't hear me, God doesn't love me, those are not from God. Trust him. He loves you. He desires to give you the greatest gift of all, his Holy Spirit. And he gives, that, he gives us also, right, this food for the journey, the Eucharist. And in the prayer today, the Our Father of, of, of uh, Luke's Gospel, that word that he uses for daily bread, that's what we translate it as, in the Greek it's epiousios, which means uh, super abundance, super substantial. What does it mean? Supernatural bread. Jesus is already pointing us to the fact that he will feed us with his very body, blood, soul, and divinity. When you come up to receive him in the Eucharist, open your heart to what God wants to do today. We enter in, in this Mass in the greatest prayer that is known, the prayer of Jesus to the Father for us. Open your heart to what God wants to do this week and continue to pray and ask the Lord to purify your image of him and to help us focus always on heaven. believe in one God, the Father Almighty. Amen.